0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are going to talk about something I have got a lot of questions about. There was some research this past week that came out about erythritol, which is uh, a non-nutritive sweetener, a sugar alcohol. And the research concluded that it might be associated with cardiovascular events. Um, the acronym is MACE and it means major adverse cardiac events. So what is the deal with that? What are my thoughts? And I want to follow up on this past Monday's huge episode on seed oils. Lots of great conversation about that. So we're going to do those things. I am going to give away GBX protein today because I've been having a lot of conversations with you guys about how important protein is and how many people, especially women, are not eating enough protein. I feel like a really high quality protein powder is a great way to do that. Protein smoothies, putting it in your Greek yogurt, any number of different options there. So I'm going to give that away at the end of the show. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. And all you got to do to win is leave a review of the show on whatever platform you are listening. Well, let's dive into what happened as it relates to erythritol. So this was published in February 2023 just a couple of weeks ago in a uh, publication called Nature Medicine. And the the title was something like artificial sweetener erythritol and cardiovascular event risk. Here's a high-level summary. They analyzed blood samples of about, I think, 300 people, followed them for a few years, and they found an association between erythritol in the blood and incidence of major adverse cardiac events, which they refer to with the acronym MACE. It's not the only study like that. Uh, You know, artificial sweeteners are studied all the time. Previously, there have been some studies out there that say that erythritol predicts um, central adiposity or like weight gain in the midsection, type 2 diabetes. So, you know, we have evidence that maybe it's not the most amazing thing in the world, I personally don't love artificial sweeteners because they're highly processed. Um, I don't love artificial sweeteners because they can increase cravings, because they impact the microbiome. But really importantly, does erythritol increase your risk of like a serious heart issue? Well, (sighs) here's what I did. I I purchased the paper wherever I went. I, I think I went right to Nature Medicine. It wasn't free, um, but I, I purchased it so I could read the whole thing, kind of put my own thoughts together. I like to do that before I then go and read other people's opinions. And there are some people that I really respect. Rob Wolf is one of them. Uh, Dr. Pedia, Peter Atia is one of them. And I went to see what they had to say. And uh, it's kind of like, Eh, not the most compelling research in the world. However, I think of it like this, and I'm going to get into some thoughts on it. I think of it like this. Uh, If you think that maybe it increases your risk of a major cardiac issue, do you want to take the gamble? For me, there's nothing out there with erythritol that I'm like, oh, gosh, I really love it. It's so worth it. So it's an easy one for me to avoid. I feel the same way about seed oils. We'll talk about that in a second. Like, if you're kind of thinking, well, the science is a little wishy-washy. I don't think it is on seed oils. Is there something out there that's really compelling that you are willing to take the gamble for? That's kind of what it comes down to. But here's the big thing that I think people miss when reading this article, because maybe they don't have a background in biochemistry and metabolism and all of those things. It's very important to know, and I don't think a lot of people know it. What they measured was erythritol in the blood. What they did not get from these study participants was any kind of data on their erythritol intake. Here's why that matters. Erythritol is actually a byproduct of a metabolic pathway, the pentose phosphate pathway. It might sound familiar if you ever took any kind of like uh um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, not chemistry, biochemistry, biochemistry. That's the word I was looking for. I'm like, it's not chemistry, biochemistry. The pentose phosphate pathway, probably studied a lot in a biochemistry class. Erythritol is a byproduct of that. So, yes, we can consume erythritol. You can buy products that are sweetened in this way, it's a sugar alternative, but it also is. It can be made in the body. And so the fact that this study is only looking at concentrations of erythritol in the blood and not able to make any kind of relationship between the erythritol concentration in the blood and reported erythritol intake, that's a huge issue. That's a huge flaw in this study, in my personal opinion, Right. I'm not a scientist. I'm not Well, I guess we all can be scientists. I'm not a researcher for my job. But that's like eh, kind of a big deal. Because let's just say hypothetically that there's some metabolic disturbance that increases the production of erythritol, the byproduct erythritol. Could that metabolic disturbance also be what's driving your increased cardiovascular risk? Uh, yeah and and maybe probably right? That's like a likely story. So it doesn't mean that all of these people weren't consuming high amounts of erythritol that had this increased risk, but we don't know, and that's a big assumption to make. I talked about this in the, um, I think I talked about this in the seed oil episode from this past Monday. Nutrition research is notoriously bad. And and that's not, it's not to put that on every single researcher out there. It's just tough because there's so many confounding variables when it comes to intake and self-reporting is notoriously inaccurate. So, it's not that there are just bad researchers, though sometimes that's what's going on, but it's just, it's very hard to design something that's going to show us a true causal relationship. That's not what this data is showing us. With that in mind, you kind of have to say like, well, maybe I'm going to play it safe and, and not have that be the artificial sweetener of my choice. I would say they're just not really healthy options in general from a microbiome standpoint. Um, But that's the deal with that. Let me see if there's anything else here that I wanted to, that I want to talk about. Rob Wolf was kind of like inconclusive on it. Like it's interesting, but we'd need more data was how I read his takeaway. But like I said, there, there's also other research saying like, maybe it increases your risk of diabetes. It increases central adiposity or like body fat stored around the middle. So, you know, I don't know that it is, um, super conclusive. I don't think it is super conclusive on the cardiovascular risk piece of things. Let's go back to Monday's episode, Seed Oils Follow-Up. If you haven't listened to that, it's such an important episode. Go back and listen to that. So somebody commented when I posted it in the, uh, on the Primal Potential page and said, hey, this other person that I follow um, thinks that they're not pro-inflammatory. Well, I don't agree, But I also know that that's sort of the way that it is with nutrition. It's okay for there to be a lot of different opinions. You're rarely going to find a consensus. There's, and when we talk about just like narrowing down to the community of nutrition people, there are people who are like, you have to count calories, it really matters. And there are other people that are like, "Eh, it's kind of misleading. And here's why I don't think you should do it. There are people who feel like fat Saturated fat is really bad. And there are other people who are like, no, that's not true at all. There are communities that feel like carbohydrates should be minimized and other communities that feel like they shouldn't be minimized. Consensus is not the goal. Being informed and making your own decisions and ultimately relying on your own body, that's kind of the goal. So while I don't agree that they, with this You know, person's representation of somebody else that they aren't inflammatory. I think that the research indicates they are inflammatory. More than that, that's like one of a ton of issues with seed oils. Let's say I concede on that point. Let's say that I said, well, okay, maybe they're not inflammatory. That's okay because here are 17 other reasons that I don't think they are a good option for folks to eat. If you haven't listened to that Monday episode, I don't even think I go into them being inflammatory. <laughs> I mean I could have, but there's many 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 other serious issues with them. The other thing and I didn't really go into this in the episode is that the way that they uh, the way that they create imbalance between a ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids. So omega-3 fatty acids are known for being infla- uh, anti-inflammatory. Part of the issue Whether you feel omega-6s themselves are pro-inflammatory or not, because of the way that they throw this ideal ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 out of balance, they're minimizing, if not eliminating altogether, the anti-inflammatory effects of omega-3s. Because we need this ratio and we're having so much more omega-6 in our diet than omega-3, Even if you said, well, in and of themselves, they aren't pro-inflammatory, well, they function that way because of their relationship with omega-3 fatty acids, because of the imbalance based on their prevalence and the quantity of consumption, they are impairing these anti-inflammatory actions of omega-3s. So that's the other part of it. But even if we took inflammation out of the picture, that would be a thing. The other thing that this individual brought up that I want to address is she said something along the lines of, I think we can all agree that we should cut out ultra-processed foods and ultra-processed foods tend to be, you know, sources of pretty rich sources of seed oils, but it's not fair to vilify seed oils when they're super affordable and not everybody um, You know, like they make it possible, they're options, they're good options for people who are on a budget. And I'm like, no, I I do not agree with that. However, if you want to tell me that you use canola oil because it's the only thing that works within your budget, I'm not going to argue with you because that's just not my aim. But I would say this, it's not either you buy this $16, $24 thing of avocado oil or You have canola oil. It's not either or. Like you don't need the oil to cook. It is not a dietary necessity. It is not in any way a staple, right? Like you can grill your food. And you think, well, some people don't have a grill. Cool, bake it. And you don't need to drizzle it with any, like you don't, we don't need to cook with oils. We might choose to use things like butter. Like if I'm cooking, I'll use, butter or if I'm just sauteing something in a pan, I might use some like rendered bacon fat that I keep in the refrigerator or something like that. But we don't need to use that. There are other cooking methods that we could choose. And that would just make the argument that it's even cheaper to steam something or to roast something or to grill something. So I don't know. That one lost me on that one. The other piece that I'll say about this is just because she linked to like some article that somebody on the internet wrote that said seed oils aren't that bad. You can find an article on the internet that says everything is not that bad, right? Like literally anything and everything. But of course, it doesn't make it true. And also, it doesn't negate everything that has been researched to the contrary. This is where I think a lot of people get confused. Well, so-and-so said that this was good, and so-and-so said that this was bad. Well, have you done your own homework? If you feel confused, you don't, necess- you don't need to read other people's opinions or listen to other people's opinions. You don't need to listen to my opinion. You need to like read the science if you're confused by it. Otherwise, you just pick a person and go with it, but don't ever treat that as though it's data because it's not. Um, somebody asked, is rice bran oil a seed oil? Yes, it is. We talked about this in the episode, how we're talking about seeds, but we're also talking about grains because grains are seeds of grasses. So rice bran is a grain that is a seed. So yes, it is a seed oil. A bunch of people messaged and were like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm so bummed. This thing that I love, I thought it was healthy. I had a really great exchange with somebody on Instagram who was like, I was so disappointed that my organic corn chips contain seed oils. Like you would think that this food or, and they even put like organic in quotes. Um, you'd think that this food manufacturer would like, you know, not have this thing have seed oils. And I'm like, but it is organic. They, they were. They were promoting it as organic and you were looking for organic and so it fit the bill. Like if you were looking for seed oil free, then you would look for that. And, and she basically said, yeah, but you just think that food manufacturers would like want to make their food healthy. And I say, no, I, I don't think that. I think that they want to make their food tasty and they want to make money they're they're not looking out for my health and they're not looking out for your health. And I think that if you expect a food manufacturer, even if you think they care to put out healthy food, if you think they're doing it because they care about your health, you're wrong. They they don't. They're they're in business and they're looking to do what's good business. A huge part of that is giving consumers what consumers want. Consumers, a lot of consumers are looking for something that says organic. As soon as customers started looking for things that said organic, companies were flocking to that and making organic options. As soon as more and more customers start saying like, well, we want things that are free from seed oils, then we'll start seeing that. There are a lot of brands out there that are already doing it and putting it on their label because some of their spendier customers are looking for that. Um, I think the brand is called I don't know how to pronounce it. It's H-U, Hue, Who, H-U. They make like crackers and different snack things. And their crackers on the box, it says organic, non-GMO. And then it says seed oil free. I mean, it has like six or seven of these different things. They're not doing that to be good citizens. They're doing that because they're filling a market need for consumers who are looking for those things you'll see it everywhere we vote with our dollars so if we start spending on products and brands that are seed oil free companies are going to fill that that space somebody else was saying like oh but seed oils are in everything they're in a lot of things but they're not in everything one of the easiest ways to avoid them is to eat whole unprocessed foods now they do of course show up in some small quantities in in meats and proteins and whatever, but not in these quantities in mass that we see in these highly condensed and refined seed oils. So, you know, we don't need to worry about it when it's in your pork or your chicken or whatever. Um, So just something else to to keep in mind that if you're looking for processed foods, yeah, it's going to be harder to find them because of all the reasons I mentioned in the last episode, extremely cost-effective, shelf-stable, neutral in taste and smell. But if you're going to move towards whole foods, which is an amazing thing to do for your health anyway, it's going to be a lot easier to avoid them. All right, let's give away my favorite protein powder. We're going to give it to Mark 14 tmarq T-M-A-R-Q-1-4. Email me, Elizabeth, at Primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, let me know that you were the winner for 1070 and uh, include your mailing address in that email and I will get it shipped right out to you. Let me know if you've got questions, if there are things you want to follow up on from this episode or Monday's episode on seed oils, Let me know if you haven't listened to that one. Go listen to it. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.